Have you ever found yourself wondering about the role that Canadians played in old-time radio? Well, wonder no more. During the next 60 minutes, we'll delve into the careers of actors, writers, and directors who went abroad to find work, as well as those who stayed right here in Canada. Join me as together we explore Canadians in old-time radio. there. This is Devin Wilkins, president and founder of CATRA, the Canadian Old Time Radio Alliance, welcoming you to another edition of Canadians and Old Time Radio. You can always visit our website at www.cotra.ca and uh, you'll find a whole bunch of interesting information as well as a few clips from programs back in the uh, 50s and 60s, perhaps even the late 40s. This time we're going to devote the whole hour to a Canadians Abroad segment. We're going to listen to President Roosevelt's salute on his 61st birthday which aired on January 30th, 1943. Now, the Canadian abroad is Mary Pickford. She may have been called America's sweetheart of the silent screen, but she was born in Toronto, Ontario. So here is the salute to President Roosevelt. America salutes the president on his birthday. A nation at arms pays tribute to its fighting commander-in-chief. Once again, Americans everywhere have united with President Roosevelt to forward the great and humane cause which, next to complete and total victory in the war, is closest to his heart. The fight against infantile paralysis. Tonight, everyone has joined the March of Dimes to help banish infantile paralysis from our land. Tonight, everyone says happy birthday to President Roosevelt in the White House, and our program will take you from coast to coast, from New York to Honolulu, to some of the special celebrations marking the occasion. We begin here in New York at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel at the President's Birthday Ball, where Clifton Fadiman is presiding as Master of Ceremonies. Mr. Fadiman. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight, thousands of us walked, not only here in New York, but everywhere in America, walked to all the parties and special celebrations honoring President Roosevelt. Walked, I say, so that someday others might walk, the unfortunate victims of a cruel, crippling disease. I wish they could see us tonight. Those fools who called us decadent and dying see us pausing in the midst of the mightiest war effort this world has ever witnessed, pausing for the sake of charity, for the sake of humanity. I think 
that as Americans we should be filled with pride that we can carry on such a humanitarian campaign in the midst of a great war. That we can will convince our enemies that there is no end to America's resourcefulness and courage when she fights in a good cause. But so much for the serious side of our celebration. This is a birthday party, the biggest, grandest birthday party the world has ever seen. Happy birthday, Mr. President. Now, to ring up the curtain on our 60-minute show, here are Sammy Kay and his orchestra, playing the tune Irving Berlin wrote especially for this occasion, the President's Birthday Ball. prepared for this occasion by the brilliant young radio writer and director Norman Corwin, The Four Freedoms. May we have a moment of the nation's time in the midst of a party, in the midst of a war, to take up a matter with certain guests unable to be with us. One lies with an ocean across his chest at the bottom of a deep doused sea. Another sleeps with sand in his eyes where he fell on a field in Tunisia. Others are resting with folded hands by mountain streams in Asia and where their planes came down in France and in the frozen north waters. May we speak to them a moment? 
Good evening, gentlemen. We are still at war. It is the fourth winter, and we are winning. There was little chance before you left to talk of what we shall have won when the last fascist is struck down. Now that you have given your bodies, could you give us one thing more? The counsel of your eternal souls in this matter? What must we win in the winning? Young Americans scattered in graves throughout the world, if you could voice your sentiments in chorus, would you answer? Would you answer? What is the value of your canceled years? For what shall we exchange your priceless blood? For lands? No. For tribute? No. For blind vengeance? No. For the world just as you left it? Never. For freedom? Yes. yes. For any freedom? No. No, not for any freedom. Not for a freedom worn thin like the motto on an ancient coin, but one that shines. Freedom for all, not freedom for a few. Where are the four freedoms? Tell us about the four freedoms. They sounded good to us. Remind us of them. What are they? How are they making out? We are working on them. What are they? Name them. The first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world. Do you like that, men? Yes. Everywhere in the world. That's good. Not only Kansas. No. Not only in the smoking car between Washington and Philadelphia. No. Not only in the newspapers and the movies and the lecture platforms and the courtrooms of America. No. Everywhere. India. Puerto Rico. Oklahoma. Spain. Greece. North Africa. Everywhere in the world. Yes. yes everywhere. What is the second freedom? The second is freedom of every person to worship God in his own way. Everywhere in the world. Do you like that, men? Yes. Whether a man worship the God of the Jew or the Gentile, whether he pray to Buddha, to Muhammad, to Shiva, or to a God with glass eyes and a broken nose, he shall be free by his own conscience and accepted equal among all men. Is that what is meant by the second freedom? It can mean nothing else but that. Good, then. Then you are for it? Yes. What is the third freedom? The third is freedom from want. Everywhere in the world. How does that strike you, fighting men? Good. The right to work? Yes. The right to fair pay? Yes. The right to food, clothing, shelter, medical care, freedom from epidemic? Yes. The right to security? Yes. Not only for Americans this time? No. For all hungry men. For Hottentots in Africa. For sharecroppers in Texas. For the Chinese peasant. For the boatman on the Danube. There are riches in the earth. Enough to go around. Fruit in the soil. And power in the hills. And iron in the rock. Freedom from want. Do you subscribe to that? We do. The fourth is freedom from fear. Everywhere in the world. Yes. The war makers cut off by the very sword they forged. The armor of the Axis scattered on the debris of their cities. Yes. No more rapping on the door at night. Brass knuckle. Concentration camp. No more of that. 
debaters and stormtroopers, the race haters, lynchers ground into the dust? Yes. yes. Freedom from the gallows and the torture rack? Yes. yes. Peace in the time of our children and beyond them? Yes. Are these the freedoms then you set your hands to, gentlemen? Will you be satisfied with fearlessness and plenty and the tides of peace flowing like oceans on the earth? The dignity of labor and the rights of common men? Is this a fair exchange for what you've given? Will you rest content, men, having died for these? Yes, for thee. For freedom for all men. For the four freedoms, but everywhere in the world. Yes, yes. yes. Amen. We pledge you, we the living. Yes, Americans, amen. Return you now to Clifton Fadiman at the Waldorf Astoria. Thank you, Norman Corwin, for a wonderful script, and Bernard Herman for your original music. America salutes the President's birthday. This is Clifton Fadiman, ladies and gentlemen, speaking to you once more from the Waldorf Astoria Hotel in New York. Our program tonight climaxes the March of Dimes the annual fundraising campaign for the benefit of the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis. It is now my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Basil O'Connor, President of the National Foundation. Mr. O'Connor. Tonight, though we dance and play under many roofs in cities and towns covering the states of our union, we are, I think, as close in spirit as if one room held us all. We, the people of America, meet again to pay tribute to a, re a renowned humanitarian and a truly great president on his 61st birthday, the tenth of those birthdays dedicated by him to the conquest of infantile paralysis. This is a momentous night in America's march to victory. On the blazing battlefields of the world, the fearless fighters of the United Nations are bringing closer the dawn of the four freedoms. Here on the home front, your generosity has scored another tremendous advance in the fight for freedom from disease. We thank you for your splendid cooperation and warm-hearted response. In a crucial war year, with the increasing demands and sacrifices entailed, America has not turned away from the suffering of its own. Your dollars and dimes have said in ringing tones, the health and well-being of our nation is our common responsibility. We shall not rest until the halt and the lame walk and run once more, until every home is freed forever from the dread of infantile paralysis. As soon as the signal heralding the 1943 March of Dimes was sounded by the National Foundation, Americans from every corner of our land, from every section of our population, answered the call and enlisted in the combat. 
workers and housewives, farmers and students, industry and labor unions, all gave freely and eagerly that young America may ever walk, ever play, ever dance. The distinguished service rendered by the press, the radio, the men and women of stage and screen helped immeasurably to spread the Foundation's message throughout the land. Churches and synagogues, civic and fraternal groups gave their unstinting support that the campaign might be crowned with success. We in whom you have entrusted the direction of the drive against infantile paralysis thank you for your gifts. We thank the fighting men of our armed forces and merchant marine wherever they may be for their measure of devotion is the greatest of all. And we extend a hearty welcome to those soldiers and sailors who are honored guests at these celebrations. Tonight, your kindness has kindled new hope in the hearts of little children whom a ruthless crippler has snatched from the games of childhood. Their recovery seems nearer now that they know they fight this battle not alone. Tonight in those dimmed out but undefeated lands where men and women prepare to strike once more for freedom, your concern for the health and future of the young, your unity behind our commander-in-chief has been as a lamp under their feet, a light under their path. Your deeds have told our enemies the future belongs to children. On this night, in our land and all lands, wherever the love of liberty burns with an unquenchable flame, a prayer is rising like a mighty hymn for the man who leads the American people in the war to preserve that liberty. The man whose birthday has become a promise to every boy and girl in the nation that they shall walk the earth as God meant them to. Head high, body stalwart and straight, feet firmly on the ground. It has been my honor and privilege on this night through previous years to introduce this man to you so that he might speak to you personally and express his thanks for all you have done and are doing to stop the ravages of infantile paralysis throughout this nation. Unfortunately for us tonight, it is impossible for the president to participate personally in this program. In these circumstances, I know of no one who can speak for the president better than his wife. I now present to you Mrs. Franklin D. Roosevelt, who will give you a message she has just received from the president of the United States of America, Mrs. Roosevelt. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I have just received the following message from the president, which he has asked that I read to you in his absence. Please tell all of those who are helping so much in the great fight against infantile paralysis that even though the visits I've been making in certain distant parts prevent my return to the capital today, 
They are giving me once again a truly happy birthday. Tonight, we are waging two wars, both in the service of humanity and both of them headed for victory.
Night and day You are the one Only you Beneath the moon And under the sun Whether near To me or far It's no matter Darling Where you are I think of you Day and night, night and day Why is it so That this longing for you Follows wherever I go In the roaring traffic's boom In the silence of my lonely room I think of you Day and night Night and day Under the height of me There's an oh Such a hungry yearning Burning inside of me And its torment Won't be through Till you let me spend my life Making love to you Day and night Night and day Night and day Under the height of me There's an oil Such a hungry yearning Burning Way down inside of me And its torment will never be through Till you let me spend my life Making love to you Day and night Night and day Now let's travel across the country and be a guest at some of the other celebrations marking this great occasion. First, let's hear the Blue Jackets at Great Lakes Naval Training Station on the shores of Lake Michigan salute their commander-in-chief. Take it away, Great Lakes. United States Naval Training Station at Great Lakes reporting, Mr. President. Out here, Rear Admiral John Downs, Commandant of the 9th Naval District, Captain F.J. Lowry, Commanding Officer of the Training Station, and thousands of Blue Jackets wish you the happiest birthday ever. They send you their part of your birthday celebration with the Great Lakes Band, directed by Bandmaster Frank R. Metlack, U.S. Navy, and the singing bandsmen, dispatching to you two of your favorite Stephen Foster tunes. Where the bright stream 
United States Naval Training Station at Great Lakes. We switch you to the advanced school of the Flying Training Command at Luke Field in Phoenix, Arizona. Take it away, Luke Field. Luke Field reporting, Mr. President, and the officers and men of the United States Army Air Corps here join the rest of the nation in wishing you a happy birthday. And to open our part of your birthday celebration, here is Sergeant Gene Autry. 
Happy birthday, Mr. President. I've got the Melody Ranch group here, and with their help, and about 700 cadets and enlisted men and myself, we'd like to sing a little ditty that we know is one of your favorites, The Yellow Rose of Texas. There's a yellow rose in Texas I'm going there to see. No other fella knows her, nobody else but me. She cried so when I left her, it like to broke her heart. And if we ever meet again, we never more shall part. She's the sweetest rose of color this fellow ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest maid and sing of Rosalie. But the yellow rose of Texas is the only rose for me. Where the Rio Grande is flowing and the stars are shining bright. We walked along the river on a quiet summer night. She said, if you remember, we parted long ago. I promise to come back again and not to leave her so. I'm going back to find her, my heart is full of woe. We'll sing the songs together we sang so long ago. I'll pick the banjo gaily and sing the songs of yore. And the yellow rose of Texas, she'll be mine forevermore. She's the sweetest rose of color this fellow ever knew. Her eyes are bright as diamonds, they sparkle like the dew. You may talk about your dearest maid who sing up Rosalie. But the yellow rose of Texas is the only rose for me. And now, I'd like to introduce one of the most popular members of the whole bunch here at Luke Field. Ladies and gentlemen... Old-timers who are baseball fans will remember his dad, the famous pitcher of the New York Giants. Come on over here, Captain Christy Matheson, and say hello. Hello, Gene. It's a real pleasure to be able to say happy birthday to our president, along with everybody else in the nation. Well, that's mighty fine. Say you're the uh, director of training for the group of Chinese cadets who are receiving their training here at Luke Field, aren't you, Captain Matheson? That's right, Gene. And let me tell you, you never saw a more enthusiastic bunch of boys. They're going to be real flyers and a credit to their native land. Before this is all over, China will have plenty of reason to be proud of them. Excuse me, Captain Matheson. Here's one of our Chinese cadets now, Gene. I want you to meet Cadet Captain Chang Chang Kuo. Oh, glad to know you, Chang Chang Kuo. How do you do, Sergeant Atri? May I say something on the radio, too? Why, sure, go right ahead. Now, what was that? He said, happy birthday, Mr. President, in Chinese. Well, thank you, Cadet Chung Chung Kuo. And thank you to uh, Captain Christy Matheson. Now, our orchestra and all the cadets and enlisted men here are going to close out part of the program with the famous Army Air Corps March. Let's have it. Off we go
America salutes the president's birthday. Now we're saying goodbye from Luke Field in Phoenix, Arizona, and sending you to Fort Des Moines, to the home of the wax. Take it away, Des Moines. The Wax reporting, Mr. President, from Fort Des Moines. Many thousands of them all wishing you many more happy birthdays. And for their part of this salute to you, here's the Wax Band, directed by technical leader June Mormon, playing the United States Field Artillery March. <laughs> at Fort Des Moines are entertaining as part of America's salute to the president on the occasion of his birthday. And present tonight is a 100-voice choral group directed by WAC 3rd Officer Mary Fabian, formerly of the Chicago Civic Opera Company. A selected group from the chorus now sings the WAC Hymn, written by WAC 3rd Officer Ruby Bunnell. the entire chorus composed entirely of third officers who graduated just this morning sing The Whack is in Back of You, written by Whack second officer Ruby Jane Douglas.
Moving on, you spent the last five minutes with the Women's Army Auxiliary Corps, the WAX, at Fort Des Moines, Iowa. Ladies and gentlemen, now we send you across the continent to Hollywood, California. So take it away, Hollywood. Hollywood salutes the president. And now we take you to Wistful Vista to meet a twain which has made its mark. Fibber McGee and Molly. What are you looking so worried about? Oh, it's about this salute to the president's birthday we're going to be on tonight. It's for the March of Dime. Well, why worry, dear? You got a dime. <laughs> yeah, I know, but what do we do? I've thought and I've thought and I've thought and I can't think of anything. Well, let me see now. What would some of the others do if they were on it? Huh? Uh, what would Eddie Cantor do? Oh, no, 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 no. Not that. Please. <laughs> What's the matter now? I tried that once. I tried singing a song like Eddie Cantor once and... They had to beat me over the head with ping-pong paddles for 20 minutes to get my eyes rolled back where they belong. <laughs> well, how about Bob Hope? I understand he was grounded someplace and couldn't get back in time. That must be what happened when our last pound of coffee didn't get here. It was grounded. <laughs> Did you get it, Molly? Grounded coffee? Taint funny, McGee. I wish you wouldn't say that, Molly. Taint Why? funny. Taint ain't grammatical. Oh, I'm sorry, teacher. But what would Bob Hope do now if he were here? Never mind, you couldn't do his stuff anyway. Oh, no? Why couldn't I? I ask you, why couldn't I? Why? Because you don't even know Madeline Carroll. <laughs> wonder if I know enough of my piano lessons to play something. I never knew you took piano lessons, dearie. I did for a while. I had to quit. I was learning to play by ear. Why'd you give it up? Because the whole thing was a fake, that's why. You can't tell me anybody can play piano with their ears. <laughs> I got mine so bruised up, I had to wear a hockey cap for three weeks. <laughs> uh, you have more trouble. But look now, maybe you could uh, get up and tell stories about Arkansas like Bob Burns. No, no, I couldn't do that. I haven't got any Uncle Fudd. <laughs> well, you got an Uncle Sycamore. <laughs> and a quaint old character. He is if I ever saw one. And I've seen one, and he is. Good old Uncle Sycamore. What did he ever do that I could tell people about? Yeah, that's the trouble. Most of the things he's done, you wouldn't tell anybody. <laughs> you mean like the time he caught his kid brother in the wolf trap? Yes. <laughs> did the little lad suffer any ill effects from that? Sure, he grew up to be a wolf. <laughs> hey, how's about me singing a song like Bing Crosby? Now, listen, there's only one man in the world who can sing like Bing Crosby, and that's Bing Crosby. That's definitely out. Why? Well, if he sings as beautifully as he does and they burn his house down, what would they do to you? I never thought of that. Hey, look, why don't we just uh, tell a few lot of jokes, huh? That's huh? it. Comedy stuff. Humor. Where's my joke book? That one I found in the rummage sale. Milton Berle never returned it. 
He did it? And he just says he was going to keep it long enough to autograph it. Yeah. I'll call that guy up. Give me the phone. Here. Thanks. Hello, operator. Give me the residence of Milton Burroughs on the south side. Mert, is that you? Oh, How's every little thing, Mert? Dizzy. What's that, Mert? Your sister. Had a bunch of sailors over for a glass of wine, eh? Oh, wasn't that nice. Yeah. She says she likes to have a little port in every sweetheart. <laughs> What's that, Mert? Okay, I'll try later. Goodbye. No answer. Well, there ought to be something we can do, dearie. Yeah. Maybe the simplest thing would be just to mail the president some money for the infantile paralysis fund. Huh? I already did that. I mailed him ten bucks. Where'd you get the ten bucks? Found it. Where? Out the kitchen. <laughs> in the sugar bowl. Oh. I thought maybe one of the neighbors had run in and borrowed a cup of sugar and left ten bucks as part payment. <laughs> McGee, I was saving that ten dollars for an emergency. Oh. But I guess there isn't any worse emergency than a little child needing care and medical attention. I guess you're forgiven. Thanks, but that still don't answer. Hey! What? I know. Look, this is a salute to the president's birthday. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to fire a salute. What with? My old shotgun. <laughs> I got one shell left that I've been keeping for some special occasion, like uh, like for a burglar or a wedding. <laughs> McGee, you can't fire a shotgun in here. I'll shoot it out the window. Wait, I'll open the window. Shucks, it's stuck. Rain must have swelled it shut. I'll fire it outdoors. Where is my shotgun? Search me. I wonder where I put the... Oh, I know where it is. Where? Right here, in the hall closet. Oh, I'll my... Get it out. Doggone it. My last shell. Wasted. No, dearie, it wasn't wasted. What you mean? Look, you got the window open. Oh! Now let's take time out in Hollywood for a few moments and spend this intermission in far-off Hawaii. Come in Honolulu. This is Wayne Islands reporting, Mr. President. From Norwegian and the rest of America and wishing you a happy birthday. To provide our part of this salute to you, here is Artie Shaw. <laughs>
Aloha from Marty Shaw. And from all of us here in Hawaii, ladies and gentlemen, now we send you back to the mainland, to Hollywood, California. It's all yours, Hollywood. And back here in Hollywood, just as if it were Thursday instead of Saturday, here's Bing Crosby. Well, like everyone else who's around here tonight, I'd like to offer my best wishes to the president on his birthday. It's come to my attention that he likes a certain tune now and then. In fact, it was my privilege to sing it for him last year. And if Charlie Dant and the boys of the band would care to give me a hand up, I'd like to sing it again tonight. How about something nice on the guitar there, Perry? Oh, give me a home Where the buffalo roam Where the deer and the antelope play Where seldom is heard A discouraging and the skies are not cloudy all day. Home, home on the range where the deer and the antelope play. Where seldom is heard a discouraging. just bear with me for another few seconds. I'd like to suggest that if you haven't done it before, you spin that thin one, that dime, in the general direction of the White House, because it's still not too late. Those dimes or dollars that you send to President Roosevelt will help make things a lot better for a lot of folks in a mighty tough spot. And you guys and gals in the movie houses, don't you forget that our own march of dimes to help fight infantile paralysis will be held in 15,000 theaters from February 18th to February 24th. Now, last year, the Motion Picture Theater's own March of Dimes brought in a million four hundred thousand dollars. 
This year, we're planning to make that look like a pinch of paper. I know you'll all be in there, so thanks in advance on behalf of those little crippled children we're trying to help. Right in here somewhere, I think I'd like to present one of my valued contemporaries in the field of songs, Mr. Dick Powell. Thank you, thank you. Hello, Bing. I certainly enjoyed your song. Well, thank you, Dick. After uh, my little blaze out in Toluca Lake, home on the range has become kind of a symbol to me. (laughs) Tell me, Bing, how did the fire start? I think Bob Hope sneaked in and rubbed two of my sport coats together. (laughs) But, Dick, how about getting on with your song? I understand you've got a pocket full of another song that the president fancies very much. Bing, I understand he likes Anchors Away, so if you'll just give me breathing room and Mr. Dan to downbeat, we'll do it, huh? It's a pleasure, sir. Distinct pleasure. Good, good. away. That's a wonderful, inspiring song. I understand it's one of the favorites of our president. It's the kind of song that brings to mind a picture of fighting men and great gallantry. And we know what a wonderful job of fighting our men are doing right now. There is another kind of battle, though, that hasn't much glamour or color or excitement. But it takes a lot of courage and gallantry just the same. The battle that a lot of young and old are putting up against infantile paralysis. There isn't any way to glorify a wheelchair. No bands playing. No flags. No medals. Just a dreary day-in, day-out fight against an enemy you can't see. But whose presence is bitter pain. Twisted legs crooked backs. To them, there's another kind of anchors away. The hope that one day they can rise from beds and wheelchairs and walk. Perhaps not so easily or so well as you and I, but at least get around well enough to get about in the world. You can help weigh anchor for them with just a dime. This is part of the great scheme of democracy that our men are fighting for. The American practice of helping those who need help. So up anchors and get your dimes in the mail. Anchors away, my boys, proud you may be.
the Navy, hoist the Navy blue. Thank you, Dick Powell, and I assure you the President and our Navy never got a finer salute. Now here's Florence George to lead every one of us in the national anthem. Coast to coast, from New York to Honolulu, Americans everywhere have united tonight in saluting President Roosevelt on his birthday. They have joined with him in the March of Dimes to help banish infantile paralysis forever from our land. It is not too late to join the March of Dimes. Do it tonight. Do it now. Just send your dimes and your dollars to President Roosevelt at the White House. Show him this is one more fight we mean to win. Our program tonight came to you from New York... From Phoenix, Arizona, from Des Moines, Iowa, from Great Lakes, Illinois, Honolulu, Hawaii, and Hollywood, California. All artists appearing tonight contributed their services. The four networks, the National Broadcasting Company, Columbia Broadcasting System, Mutual Broadcasting System, and the Blue Network, join their facilities to bring you this program. This is the National Broadcasting Company. You're... That'll do it for this time. I hope that you'll join me again very soon for another edition of Canadians in Old Time Radio. Thanks so much for listening. Bye for now. If you've enjoyed the shows you've heard during the past hour, be sure to tune in again next week, same time, same station, when once again, we'll listen to programs that are remembered today thanks to the involvement of Canadians in old-time radio. This is Devin Wilkins speaking.